Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Welcome to the 20 Plenty. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Fashion Lab. My name is Liz Ogumbo Regisford, and I'm just so happy to be back. It feels like a fantastic season. I feel it feels like a brand new sort of life. So I'm really enjoying this and I hope that you are wherever you are. Uh, we've been away. We've also been on a bit of a holiday. Normally it shouldn't happen like that, but that's what happened. Anyway, I am your host. I'm holding it down. Thank you for tuning in. Today we are running this show strictly the way you want to with nothing less of your insights. We are focusing on what you think we should actually be unpacking and sort of dissecting in this beautiful 2020, 2020. <laughs> and guys, I promise you, I have not had Lizuguma wines. This is just me naturally at 7 p.m. right here in Johannesburg. And it's just a happy day because I guess we are back. We're joined by our contributor uh, and uh, partner, Edgy Benson, who also runs NU in New York with his Echoes from New York. Welcome to the show, Edgy. Hi, Liz. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy 20 plenty, honey. <laughs> I know. Happy New Year to everyone listening, I, man. It's good to be back. Yes, it's really good to be back. So, Edgy, before we move further, who are you wearing? Who made your clothes? And this is a new season, so I'm really looking for authenticity. I'm looking for that freshness. I'm looking for the creativity so that you don't have to wear the same thing before you tell us what, what you're wearing. What are you wearing today? And who made them? All right. But first of all, I have to tell you, I missed you during the holiday. Now... <laughs> I do it. Well, today I'm really in a comfortable place. Um, I know you don't like me wearing diesels, but I love my diesels. But I have a pair of diesels on, and I found two things for this year that I'm really, really happy about. I found a new eco-friendly fragrance that I just love. I think people should really check them out. What's it's the name of the fragrance? Clean. It's called Clean. Just Clean. It's eco-friendly. It's called Clean. It's from the US. Okay, congratulations. Really congratulations. Cool. I'm loving this. This is going a different direction. And what are you wearing below or above? You could be shirtless. We care about what uh, you're wearing and below. I've, and it has to I've, be different from what it's always been. Please. Yes. <laughs> and today I'm wearing a shirt that is a discovery too because I never try anything I haven't tried before. Like for shirts, I'm very loyal to brands that I love. But this time, I tried a shirt from Penguin, and I love it. It's a short sleeve shirt, and it's really, really surprised me how cool it is. So, yeah. I'm very proud I, of you, and the whole team is actually proud of you, Edgy. So, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are also joined by uh, a special guest in the studio as well. Um, uh, she's... Uh, no stranger to us. I mean, so we know that we've been plugging in. The last time I saw her was actually at my wine tasting in Brooklyn in New York. And now she's here in the studio. Gosh, uh, don't we just love globalization? <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, Nociso. Nociso is a model. She's also um, a fashion designer, is what you're getting into now these days, yes. I guess. Okay. And um, <laughs> I think it's just really cool because she, she gave me a call earlier. And I said, you know what? Come hang out with us in studio. After all, we are talking to the people about what they want us to do. So... Welcome to the show, Nosizo, and thank, thank you for joining you. us. Thank you. Who are you wearing? Who made your clothes? Well, actually, this is actually an antique um, from a thrift store. So, like in New York somewhere. So, <laughs> so I'm thrifting right now. But it's actually a really cute dress. Well, you're definitely moving towards the um, sort of idea around sustainability and what consumers are going to have to do. I'm sure we'll be, yeah. everyone's going to get some sort of list in their mailbox 
telling them what they're going to have to do this year because sustainability is such a big thing and there's nothing you guys you can run you can hide but i'm telling you it's coming it is coming it's to coming. you but welcome to the show thank you for thank joining you. us thank you for having um, me now we also are joined by another very special guest as well um, allow me to introduce him and I will unpack further uh, everything about this tech entrepreneur. He's also a, a co-founder of a brand called Island Style. He goes by the name of Ododera. Welcome to the show and thank you for tuning in. Thanks, Liz. How's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Finally, huh? We've been planning this for a long I'm time. I'm telling you, we've been talking about plugging Odera on the show for so long. I was about to go eat mangoes under the mango tree in my village in Kisumu. But anyway, you know what? What's good is you're actually in studio. You made it, and we are happy about that. I want to know what you're wearing, Odera, and who made your clothes. That's very important. You're not exempt to it. Uh, okay, so actually, I know some it's odd. It's Odie, if you could. I know some keep asking, is it Odie? <laughs> So actually, everyone from first, she knows me as Odie. So like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm actually wearing a captain, which is our own captain, still on trials. It's uh, I'm in New York City, but I'm indoors. So I'm just comfortable in a coffin. And uh, I thought that was the best way to be on this uh, podcast. Well, it's really good to have you. And it's good that you're, I hope that you're going to be wearing different things. I don't know if you know Edge's story, but I'm sure you do if you've listened to some of our shows. We're trying to really get him to open up and to appreciate the fact that, you know, we are moving into a new um, season and we are hoping that he can also evolve when it comes to his wardrobe. Because Edge is a brand yes, loyalist. Edge, you know? I'm talking about your common diesel situation. Please, let's not go there. <laughs> let's, Hi, stay, <laughs> let's, let's stay focused on this show. For those who are tuning in, guys, this is Fashion Lab the show that dissects the business behind fashion and we're just talking about everything that you want to hear our lines are open we've already got a lot of people on queue and i think that it's really great i think um for me the biggest thing is to also make sure i remind you that you know we've got uh, a couple of other segments on this show we've got my segment favorite segment at the end of the show called who would you want to dress and why so feel free to share with us your who's and why's uh, that is what I sort of call, it's not even the glass of wine. That's what we call our glass of sparkling water after the glass. So it's after the morning after the night before. That's what we call it. Then you've got to keep your tweets coming. Uh, guys, we're on Fashion Lab AF uh, on Twitter. We're on Fashion Lab Africa on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, share with us your thoughts. We definitely want to hear from you. Uh, now we're going to take a quick music break in order to start this thing. <laughs> guys, you're tuned into the Fashion Lab Radio. Today we are literally getting in to this show based on what you want to hear from us, based on what you think we're not dissecting enough, and based on also sort of where we are in the world, you know, where we are in the world of fashion and where we are generally. So um, I would like to roll over to safely say our first caller on the line and let's do this. And thank you guys for those of you who've been sending the messages, the tweets, those who've been calling, those who've been sending us everything that you want to talk about, those who've sent us voice notes, everything. We really appreciate it because it helps us, uh, gives us directive. Hi, my name is Nicola. I live in London um, and I do not work in the fashion industry, but I have an absolute love for fashion. This is something that I grew up always, um, you know, looking at from different aspects now i work in i used to work in the hospitality sort of luxury environment and this in itself has different elements of fashion the artsy kind of thing so for example you know the concept restaurants with beautiful light installations or beautiful pieces of art or things like that now um 
one of the biggest conversations that was quite uh, prevalent in the last decade was sustainability and how uh, how this plays into the fashion world. So in Africa, for example, I'm originally from Kenya, so this is why um, it's near and dear to me. A lot of people are looking into Africa now more uh, because of the cultures, the vibrant, the vibrance of. Um, element they get from you know the clothing the dance the thing things like this and how to bring them sort of out onto say for example the runway and uh whether you're talking high end or high street or whatever it is but one of the things um as a as an end user as a consumer of fashion i tend to look at um i, I love a capsule collection so I, I, as um designers manufacturers i think uh one of the biggest things people need to talk about in a collaborative sort of aspect so uh is to sort of see how to finesse uh the element of production so a lot of uh, uh chains for example here in the uk look to china to to produce en masse and things like that in africa the biggest thing is we've got the cheap labor we just don't have um one of our biggest challenges is the rationing of electricity so i don't know what can be done uh, uh, that is not my side of things in figuring that out but that needs to be sort of a continued co conversation to see how that can be brought to the to the, the the continent i was going to say that nation uh how this can be brought to the continent because not only will it be creating jobs but people are thinking of how uh, they, they're producing this item so for example are you doing a capsule collection i love a capsule collection uh key pieces um that people can reuse over and over again and uh so for me as a consumer i will go back to xyz designer because i know they produced xyz pieces that i've worn time and again and uh are still not going out of fashion and and yes yeah, so that's all that's my biggest thing sustainability uh, so a lot of this requires education um, and a lot of this education needs to come from my viewpoint, uh, the designers, the manufacturers, so that consumers are thinking a little bit on how they're shopping, shopping smart. That's my take on it. Well, wow, guys, that's Nicola from the UK just talking about it. And I think that for me, what I'd like to do is uh, Odero. I would like to, should I call you Odi or Odero? Which one do you prefer, first of oh. all? <laughs> Odi is more common, actually. Okay, so you want to be common or special? Okay, you don't want the special uh, yeah. the special, the special, name <laughs> treatment, but okay, fine. So, Odi. Yeah, actually, I, actually, in <laughs> Odi, the, the most widespread use. So. Okay, cool. Well, I'll just keep it widespread for now then. And there, I will probably... <laughs> Odi, I think I want to throw this and I want to start with you because I know that one of your key things that you also wanted to sort of unpack um, and I think that what Nicola is bringing out here really is sustainability and I think hers is more from a consumer perspective because we obviously all have different roles in this um, conversation and I feel that the end user also has a, a responsibility just as much as the manufacturers as the designers and as everyone else in this value chain what are your what's your two cents based on what Nicola is sharing and also what else do you think is so important around sustainability and for us to be able to unpack and to maybe have those conversations not just here in the lab but generally as the fashion um, um, uh, uh, industry well I, I think first she's uh, pointed out as a consumer right so 
The most important thing is education. I think consumers need to be educated, right? So I think uh, uh, she's coming from a very important perspective because most designers um, really not doing a great job at educating consumers, you know, and it's just so special to know that a consumer is already aware of uh, sustainability. And for me, I think the most important thing is first to educate consumers about fast fashion, right? So what's the difference between fast fashion um, and sustainable fashion? You know, so most consumers, if you talk to them first, they'd like the product-based consumers, like, okay, so my clothing is cheap. So what I always ask most customers, like, if you buy a cloth, a dress, a beautiful dress at maybe, like here in New York, for $5 or $10, how much do you think it costs to make a dress like this? Where do you think this dress was made, right? What am I wearing? How much did it make? Who made it? So by first being conscious on, on how these dresses were made and where they were made, why they cost what they cost, it kind of adds value to why we should pursue sustainable fashion. Like, I, I did catch your name, but she mentioned having a dress from a thrift shop, for example. Okay. No, CISO. So, mm-hmm. You're right. In no, CISO. Yeah, I didn't catch that, the reception. Yes. So, so renewing and trying to wear longer, better quality and uh, uh, making sure that the production is ethical, for example, you know, it's because... A good example is we do we have dyes like I said where are this dress where did this fabricate where was it dyed you know was this was this a chemical based dye was this like an organic based indigo dye so just being aware of the damage that um, fashion is causing to the environment and then being aware of yourself as a consumer on what you could do to rather improve those conditions and that's what we're really doing at Island Tribe right so we're a sustainable brand you know. We produce ethically. We make sure we use organic fabrics. Uh, we try to educate what we call our tribe. Uh, we're mostly based in California, but we're global, actually. So just in brief, educating the customer should be the primary goal of most designers, just to differentiate between what fast fashion is and what sustainable fashion is. I wonder if that answered the question. Yeah, I find that. I want to just unpack quickly. There's an article that came across um, on Bazaar um, Harper, and this is um, Magazine Bedat, and she speaks about um, just generally on this topic around how to decipher sustainable fashion in 2020. And she touches on just also basic things like local production, emerging designers, rented clothes, organic cotton, or even just clo- uh, sort of uh, clothing made from recycled bottles. Now, I want to quote her because one of the things I know from even just a conversation I had in a meeting today is the consumer the end consumer is getting more and more woke and more and more conscious and they want to do better but they don't know how to do better so i feel like instead of wondering what's wrong with people maybe what we should do is spend a little time i just want to quote um melanie on this uh on this um on this article and she says she touches a bit on it and she said we're not presented um with many options so basically what happens is when it comes to dealing with these headlines you're told recycle but then you're told only to be told it's actually useless at the end of the day because much of it is actually going to landfill anyway then you're told vote when the time comes to vote you vote use public transport when we can stop uh, uh, you know shop sustainably but she also emphasizes on the fact that when it comes to fashion sustainability we are actually sent massively mixed signals so it gets confusing as well so she says does it mean local production does it mean emerging designers 
or maybe rented clothes, organic cotton, clo- cotton made from bottles, or and then she says she adds on it just saying it's so overwhelming because you know besides what impact we can really have she also talks about it from an individual perspective i know that she's also basically saying here it sounds a bit negative to me it sounds a bit like what's the point of doing this if you're one person but i think that i believe in the one person thing because one person can influence her five friends or her 10 friends or her 10 or her tribe i don't know how big her tribe is and each one in her tribe can actually influence the next person another thing i also feel uh, just two things from this the first thing is i always say to everyone whatever you're able to do you can begin a change you can begin a revolution as one person mm-hmm. so i don't i'm not i'm not agreeing with that part but on the flip side i also feel like when people talk sustainability organic cotton comes up as a topic or conversation a lot and i want to edge is very quiet and and uh, odi as well i'd love to hear your feedback knows if you have anything is organic cotton is is horrible it's still cotton it's just a bit less than i like than than, than the regular cotton but when it comes to um when it comes to the effects of everything that happens after the organic cotton or after cotton cotton shouldn't even be in the conversation of sustainability guys whether it's organic or not do you agree with me Well, it's still for me, right? I, yeah, go ahead. So, I think the whole idea of sustainability, we have to understand that sustainability is a consciousness. It's it's us as as designers telling consumers how we make the product so that for consumers that are um, particularly um interested in how we live in how we live our our in our world to foster it, to make it better for each other that they have a, a clear understanding of how we made our clothes of the of the of the thinking that goes into not just the money thoughts but about how do we live in this world what are we living behind you know so i think for us it's about how do we help to foster this idea of sustainability on a wider scope not just organic cotton but in terms of that cotton in terms of materials that are being produced right now that are so eco-friendly and also just in terms of how we take care of the workers the, the workforce the environment how we how we dispose of whatever fashion leaves behind in in manufacturing in production in design whatever you know so for me i think we have to understand that sustainability is a consciousness and and and, and also at that point it is still a subjective consciousness like each individual has their own ways of thinking about sustainability mm-hmm. but for us transparency is important like we understand from our own point of view like we have some idea of what it is to be sustainable for our brands you know so if my sustainability point is my dyes are all organic my cotton is not organic but my dyes are organic i have to tell that story so that the consumer can make it but conscious edgy, choice. But don't you think you that woof that's now the part. Why are you even now having half of it organic half of it now? Well, why is half of the Okay, so why don't you just have your whole setup properly eth- uh, organic or can you not just like what is the whole half half thing because at the end of the day when you have half you still it's still causing damage. It still it still affects the environment negatively. Why would you have half? It's like Not saying you use it's like saying you use organic dyes but then you're on the denim and you're using you mean the original way of how people I don't know I'm sure there's different ways of manufacturing no, you, denim. You, you have to understand that all of 
each of us lives in a different environment. Some environments support certain certain areas of sustainability very well, and they don't support others very well. So you have to you have to deal with what you have. You have to use what you have in your hands to kind of foster the, the, this belief that you have in sustainability. If all you can do is organic dyes, then that's what you can do because that's what your environment can support. But if not, then you have to go out of business because you because you want to have a sustainable environment, but you also want to have a business. So you have to find your balances, you know? This is uh, a, yeah. I, I could probably add on here. So mm-hmm. AG, probably to, to just add on this. So technically, yes, it's a consciousness, but I think it's, it's also a journey, right? So depending on what stage you are in your production or in fashion, yeah. It depends on how much can you afford to change at what level. So one thing, so one I was coming about talking about cotton, but I just wanted to talk about what AJ was saying. So the dream, the actual dream is to be fully sustainable, all organic, right? So logistics, cost, stages, and your budget really determines how far you could be. Like in our case, we've had tremendous setbacks in trying to do the right thing, right? But we've sacrificed that by having a slow growth and making sure that we are doing the right thing. So sometimes you have to sacrifice your growth because majority of the people who are not conscious then still just want to have fast fashion, right? So a good example with cotton, almost only maybe one or two percent of cotton is really organic, right? And we know the problem in India right now where we have the most cotton coming from and not Egypt, but India in particular. We have the GMO problems, right? You know that all organic cotton seeds are being wiped out by Monsanto's cotton. And that's a big deal. How do you track the source of your cotton to make sure that it's organic? How about the countries that are actually producing these cotton that you don't have control over seeds, right? So that's one problem. Then secondly is the pesticides, right? So the pesticides used to maintain the cotton farms it's really a problem that's affecting sustainability and the gallons of water used in watering these plants. And so there's all this that goes into producing synthetic cotton and all the synthetics that it's used like pesticides that really reduces the value of uh, sustainability. So in case of aging, at least it dies out, but they dream the hope is that then he will end up going into organic cotton. But again, this changes the dynamics of your pricing, right? So the same piece uh, that might cost 300 bucks. This side, somebody else uses synthetic GMO cotton and it costs half or a quarter of that. So it's really a consciousness thing and where you are at your production stage. I wonder if that helps on the AG side because I know the struggles that are involved in this. If I may just interject and just like add on a little point that um, coming from both a consumer perspective and a designer's perspective, I think the consumer needs to know that uh, when you when you said uh, in terms of pricing, like a certain product, you will know that okay. Let's say for instance, this dress would cost like fifty dollars as opposed to another dress costing ten dollars. So obviously, like with that being said, like you'll know that okay, there's something up with this dress that costs ten dollars. Probably it's like very cheap fabric and it's very synthetic and things of that nature, as opposed to this fifty dollar dress where it's like you know made of a handmade cut. Um, sorry, not handmade cotton, but a handmade uh, fabric, and probably it's uh you know fabric that is good quality and also sustainable or organic that is so that goes into the pricing that consumer needs to know that 
you know, in terms of not to say that something would be like uh, just because something is a thousand dollars, that means that it's, you know, sustainable and it's organic. And no, it's not probably because it's now going into the the type of brand that it is. But then a happy medium between like a dress that costs ten dollars or let's say a hundred rand as opposed to a dress co- uh, costing 500 rand or maybe even 250 or 300 rand then you would know that okay there's some sort of quality sustainability and some sort of quality going into this that it's going to last me for x amount of time as opposed to me buying something that's you know i hear you and i hear Naciso. edgy before you come in i just want to say that i think um based on nicola's um um uh, feedback that she shared with us based on what she wants to hear more of this year as a fashion consumer. I think that the f- consumer needs to be educated mm-hmm. because Edgy, um, Odi, me, Nosizo, maybe the re- the fashion designer listening to this show who's actually, uh, maybe she's probably consider- considers herself um, an ethical fashion brand or whatever it is. Y- we know more than they do. Mm-hmm. But we know it from our end. And maybe out of interest, we get to know about from the consumer's end. So I think for me, the first thing is we assume, and there's too much assumption as well. We just assume that people are just not, the consumer is just not paying attention mm-hmm. to being able to say, okay, this is this year, this is what I want to do. This is how I can contribute to um, being sustainable. Or and if sus- they want yes. to. And if they right. want to, my thing is, this is has to be, it's bigger than that. I feel like even just from a sh- store perspective, I feel like there's gonna be there's gonna be areas in a store when you walk into a store, your favorite store or mall that actually s- has a very big sign that says to you, "Go this direction if you wanna die." Well, if you <laughs> don't wanna die, I'm just saying, guys, that won't say you wanna die, but you know what I'm saying. Go this direction if you care about the environment and you want to find options. All brands that are actually sustainable are on one side, or in a shop. If you go to like a a, a shop with like maybe 50 brands. Go into a department store and know that there's a section that says, because the uh, consumer is interested. They just don't know what to do. And another thing, Nosiso, just just to back to what you were saying, you know you can find a cotton, beautiful, good cotton, good quality at $10 as well. So, but cheap in price does not mean cheap in quality. It's just that now for me, that's where we now get worried and say, how are they, which child was working on this one? And did Uh she even get paid? Because that's now the... That's the setback, and that's me. For me, that's what shocks me because I'm like, how can this quality be of that value? Yeah. When it comes to your monetary value. But anyway, I just wanted to share that, guys. What do you think before we go to the next caller? Because we need to. Um, thanks for that. Feedback. I think for me, right to Nicola's point. I mean, in, I think the the problem that sustainability has right now is on the industry end, on like on the manufacturing end, because stores are really active about this this whole idea of being sustainable they want to know how the product is produced that ships to those mm-hmm. so the, the the danger now is that everybody becomes blasé thinking well the stores are pushing this they, we, we take it for granted that yes factories are really paying attention to this but i think we have to continue this effort because yes everybody's trying to make a quick buck everybody's trying to cut corners where they can so I think that's the danger that sustainability has right now, where it's become so focused, like it's become such a focal point that it's very easy for people to find ways to cut, to to kind of just confuse you, you know. And that's an area where we just have to continue to work hard and keep our eyes open and see how in Africa we can. I mean, Africa for us, sustainability is a journey that we haven't really like 
it's it's always been there, but we haven't really conceptualized it in a way that it is a movement, you know? Yes. Um, Audie, thank you for your insights. That was very important, what you were sharing just now around um, the organic cotton and uh, regular cotton. But I think for me, what I think is, again, for those who are tuned in, this is Fashion Love. We're just unpacking what you guys think you want to hear more of and what you guys care about more. Of, and I think sustainability is a very big thing. It's not even about trends anymore. It's really something that's real. And if we care about this world that we live in, uh, I feel like there's got to be more TLC to the environment. And that's where we come in with different ways of how to play, how to trade, how to do business and how to manufacture and all of that stuff. So thank you guys for your insights. Can we just please roll over to next caller? And these conversations, we are going to have to unpack them on an episode by episode topic. So today, guys, we are not unpacking everything you want to hear. And there's so many callers on the queue. So... Let's just roll over to the next caller. My name is Michael Green. I work with a company that deals with colleges and universities to whom we sell graduation products, such as caps and gowns. What we're hearing over and over again is how sustainability is on the forefront of the decision makers in this marketplace. Our company has products that are designed with sustainability in mind, either by using recycled plastic to make our garments or by establishing rental programs so the used product doesn't go to the landfill at all. My question is, how is the fashion industry today dealing with or planning to deal with the environmental impact that they are having on our world, specifically on the topic of plastic fibers in the ocean? Wow, guys, that's another big fat topic that's sort of in relation to what we were just talking about. Does anyone take that over? Yeah, that is so. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's like samosa and chips. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the plastic bottle, no one wants to talk about it. But it's that's some us at uh, Island Tribe. We've actually we've launched a, a great effort t- towards. So initially, we used to have pure plastic packaging, and uh, uh, in the last one year, we moved from plastics to biodegradable plastics, right? Like the polyplastics to biodegradable plastics to to paper. And uh, uh, so we are really now at the biodegradable aspect, but we know that this can be, you know, they can disappear on, a land, on the landfill. And this goes back again to costing. So fashion, as a fashion designer, it's really realizing on how you do your packaging because packaging is important, right? So if you're mailing some piece of clothing, it still have to be in a way that it won't be damaged if there's rain and it's being shipped to a customer. So how then can you protect the product and then also make sure that the the landfills are not full of plastic. So in our case, we actually went to biodegradable products for packaging. That's part of the role that we play and we try to educate. So we had a very interesting incident. So once we sent a customer a package and she was like, why is this in this and not in a plastic? I mean, I mean not, not protected. He said, listen, you have to educate the customer that now we are moving into this type of packaging and for these reasons. So by you accepting your clothing in this type of packaging, you're therefore helping in reducing our carbon emissions and stuff like that. So on the fashion end, it's how you package, how you produce, and how you ship. That's the role we've played on our end. Uh, Somebody else can maybe bring another reason, but at Island Tribe, we're really moving towards that, and we're very happy with where we are right now. Um, Edu, do you want to go? I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, because I think plastics in, in in, in fashion is such a big deal because uh, on the packaging end of fashion, it is the predominant uh, material, you know? Yes. In, in the plastic bag, the, like the transparent bags, even like the even the, 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 harder, the harder bags that are used for packaging, harder, uh, bigger items. It's it's such a big player in, in, in fashion packaging. And, you know, it's 
there's a gradual movement away from it, but I don't think the movement is enough yet. But the good thing is, just like Odi was saying, there's a huge consciousness towards it. Even for us, right, currently, for our genes, we are exploring paper instead of polythene, instead of plastic. So everybody is thinking in their own little way because you can see the trajectory of the world that everybody's moving towards sustainability and you have to find your own your own areas, your own niches where you think, yes, at this point I can be sustainable um, and still be and still survive. And then you continue to grow your sustainability as your power to survive grows because your survival and sustainability are, are sometimes at parallel, you know? So if sometimes, like Odi was saying, you have to make sacrifices, but of course you have to make sacrifices to survive, not sacrifices to die, you know, as a business. So... You, you continue to make the sacrifices as you go, but sustainability plays a big part in, and I think a lot of design minds right now in terms of how the product is packaged. In, in the product itself, plastics don't play such a big role, except you're doing shoes and stuff where there's a lot of plastic still in play. But for garments, plastic don't play a big role in, in actual making of the garment, but in packaging, they play almost Edgy? 90%. Yeah, I want to say, yeah, I want to say, I've, I've been actually researching as well because I want to do something <clears throat> really special um, and different this year for sure, for sure, because I'm also, I am, I feel responsible. I feel like, you know, when the doctor says to you, Liz, this is your antibiotics, and I'm like, how many days? He says five days. I'm like, can't you make it two? He's like, Liz, you are not drinking wine for freaking five days. This is the antibiotics. Take them without alcohol. And you still want to negotiate your way? So I feel like this is the same thing that's happening to me where I was like, you know, as a fashion, um, as a fashion um, uh, industry player, uh, I'm conscious. I know because, you know, it's different when you say you don't know. Uh, I know it's better. Uh-huh. Um, I live in this continent, but I also still consider myself a global citizen. I know what's happening. I can feel what's happening everywhere. So I feel that if we don't do anything about it. It's like you literally sitting down and having your bottle of wine in the middle of your antibiotic session. I don't know, guys, if that's just my type of um, explanation just to make it lighter for those who are not getting it. So consciously, I'm also doing working on a project. And what I want to do is my project under my Phoenix Rising this whole year is going to be strictly because it's capsule collections. It's small and it's also affordable. One thing we are not talking about is affordability. that affordability is a big thing because because edgy. Yeah. And also because. So I know, like, for example, there's a swimwear line called January and June here, and they're very good. There's a cu couple of cool swimwear um, br brands in Cape Town who are actually doing really well. And Cape Town is a very, you know, sort of that type of city. It's like, it's like, it's like L.A. versus New York. So it's very, you know, people are running, everyone's eating healthy, <laughs> everywhere, everyone has a six-pack, you know. So they're very conscious, and they really take it, like, ten steps ahead. So I'm just saying that the fact that there's actually uh, the swimwear, the swimwear um, sort of collective, when it comes to swimwear, I've seen a lot of different brands jumping on that, and I think it's beautiful. But I think that the one thing we have to address and we have to be cognizant of is... It is not cheap to be sustainable. Not in this continent. I don't know about you, Edgy. Odi, you can tell us yours, but... And Edgy, I like what you said, is we, we, we don't want to die. We want to... And we don't want to, to just survive. We were born to thrive. I don't believe in survival. I believe in thriving. But then how do you do it and still do it consciously and still pay those... Pay that extra school fees? What are you, what's, what are you guys thinking? Um... Yeah. With that, sorry, uh, if I mean with the packaging and everything, um, I mean, 
we are seeing more and more often that like stores are like resorting to doing like um, biodegradable, reusable uh, packaging uh, bags that people can actually use on a daily basis. And that's one of the ways that, you know, brands are now becoming more sustainability conscious, I guess, if you if that is a term. Um, but then also it's like, um, I'm sorry, your question again. <laughs> I was just trying to get you feedback know, out of what I was funny. saying. I just wanted to hear you if know. you guys understand that there's a big element which is called yeah, how much. Yeah. And that is a, a big factor. We then I think then, uh, sorry, going back to that point, I think then that you should have, as a consumer, you should have an option to, because, uh, because okay, the product should be however the product costs or whatever. Um, but then, like, if you have an option to kind of, like, I, I don't know add packet okay probably that would be wouldn't no mama let me tell you you're looking at it from a consumer's perspective yeah. which is fine my yeah. when i say affordability i was talking about it from a production perspective okay you make which sense. is also not cheap yeah. so i'm just saying that yes yeah. for the consumer looking at the price and thinking gosh i can get this swimsuit for 50 dollars. that one costs 150 i'm gonna take 100 yeah. i'm gonna take yeah. the 50 that's the same conversation i'm having but from a back-end perspective because okay. it's also cost to produce it also costs to look for all this but you know what's funny you know what's really funny this sustainability fight that we're having right now shouldn't we shouldn't have this fight because this 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 erosion of sustainability came out of just us wanting to mass produce mass supply you know because when consumption is not consumption is pushing all of this they basically the consumer is pushing is pushing sustainability to to the to the to, to that and now they're saying oh we want sustainability but when you're consuming and consuming and consuming there's got to be a way to satisfy the appetite you know so I think we have to also look as consumers also what we're doing. Like you can't have 20 pairs of 20 coats, you know? You just, we have to actually change <laughs> our consumption. <laughs> okay, okay. No, we do have to change our consumption okay, okay, routine. Okay, okay. Our consumption okay, okay. patterns. Trouble go so find you. Oga, 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 trouble go find you now. Yes. Ah, <laughs> at this boy. Hey. So, okay. girl can never have to touch <laughs> <Guys>. anything. <laughs> I, I wanted to chime in. So, uh, and I hope the call the call is still there. So, as you can hear, all designers are struggling with this. But again, it depends also on the culture and the ethic of the company of the brand. So, one is uh, you really have to look at how far could you go without tipping the balance. One of not surviving. Two of maybe producing. I mean, then what is what's most important to the cost of your production? Is it the ethical aspect of it? Is it the sustainable part of it? Uh, what do you really care about the most? Is it your consumer? Audi, <laughs> hey, sorry, Audi. That's that's a very big fat question. Do you want us to sit here for five hours or or, that's a good or one? one it, ne it, ne it never ends, really. <laughs> and and I was talking to someone the other day in economics, right? So in business economics, we have cost-based customer and we do have product-based customers so depending on how a brand position itself let's say you say okay i'll deal i'll try to concentrate a little bit more on the product-based customer so these are customer that wants to be educated want to learn know where this was produced how it was produced they're willing to pay the cost then you have a product-based i mean a cost-based customer that wants if it's on sale i don't care how it probably looks much but it can fulfill a certain need then i'll buy that 
So then that's why it becomes really tricky. And is it then, my, am I tending to go towards the cost-based customer or the product-based customer? It's really tricky and, and you just have to balance it all together and see where you fit. And to the caller, as you can see, designers are actually struggling towards this. Some of us are making faster progress than the others, but really there's need, the market is calling for it, the universe is calling for it. We just really have to take care of the environment. and. Look, I have one one quick thing to say. You, from these conversations we're having, you can see that the whole idea of sustainability is rotating on one axis, and that is consumption, the consumer. So we can't really let the, leave the consumer out of this like he has no responsibility at all, you know? And seriously, I think that we have to have a conscious movement, a conscious idea about what, how we are consuming ourselves personally. Can I you just... Know, if we want... Can I just say to wrap this up because we are going to go to the, there's a whole big caller thing online and we're going to continue these conversations obviously when we have a whole topic time for each but to wrap it all up is to remember that what we give the consumer is what they consume if you go and stop selling pork sausages in the grocery store and you stop you pull out that supply guess what they'll have to buy beef or chicken I don't know what they're going to buy and if they so whatever you give them, they will take. So we are responsible. We are all responsible for what the consumer is consuming. And until that moment where we decide this year, the only Lizogumbo or the only um, Island Tribe pieces or the only uh, NU in New York, whatever it's going to be, City Junk t-shirts you can get at this. And they're so, you know, they're on this line and this conversation we are having around sustainability. If that's all you give your client, what are they going to do? Shoot you? call you and say to you no i want the other one from last year no so i'm just saying to you guys that remember that we have power and it's about how we use our power as well because we are really on the top of this thing let's roll over to the next um listener guys we'll be <laughs> hi fashion lab i'm alexander Haller, currently living in vienna austria i guess i'm inter i'm in school i'm in a school for hotel management and tourism and um, otherwise i'm interning for fabel style for my mom and um, I'm also a modeling part-time. Uh, what I'd like to hear, I guess, um, what I'm generally interested in myself is obviously like fashion. So street fashion is something which I'm quite interested in, but I'm also interested in couture and other things like that. Maybe I just don't have too much knowledge about it. Um, but I'm always interested in seeing what's happening, what's new. So like sneakers is something which I really like as well. And um, street style is also something which I guess I'm more into. Um, but I also love high fashion. Um, and generally, I'm always open for new subjects. So I'm always open to new discussions because I also enjoy learning new things. Um, and other than that, um, yeah, I don't know who I'd rep representing because mainly I just like to state my own opinion. Um, but um, I guess if I'm representing anyone, maybe it's just like if I'm a 20-year-old male, um, you know, who's interested in fashion. So like maybe that those type of people who are generally just interested in what's happening in the fashion world, but also like celebrities and all these other little things, I guess. Well, thank you, Alexander. I think Alexander is, based on what I'm hearing, I think he's just basically just sharing with us his openness to, <laughs> to whatever it is. And I think that it's great. And I think that, guys, it sounds like nothing, but I feel like open-mindedness is also a big thing. Yeah. And it contributes a lot to our growth, our development, where we're going and how we're going. What do you guys think? I don't think there's anything much to unpack out of Alexander's... <laughs> Um, I think Alexander wants to know what fashion is thinking about in terms of going forward. How fashion is, how fashion is, uh, how fashion is uh, reacting to the environment, 
um, because he has to live here much longer than we. <laughs> you know, he's a young man. So I think. <laughs> Well, listen, say is the grump, say is the grump. Listen, grandpa, me, I'm still with them. I don't know where, no, 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 what's just, happening I'm in your side, but I know I'm, I'm here with them. <laughs> but I'm like, just, I'm just saying, I'm just having a laugh. But, you know, I think it's important, like what is, and, and the good thing is today we're dealing with it, with something like sustainability, which has become a big part of fashion. I think, I'm sure if he's listening in, he's saying that we are, fashion is actually taking this issue very seriously um the sustainability the survival of the of the earth itself um so those are things that are interesting to fashion those are things that are interesting to him and if he's listening i think he can see around that fashion is looking into how we can be more more like more a partner on the planet than than just taking away from the planet if I may just say, I think uh, listening to his call um, that he's just kind of like trying to, oh, sorry. He's just trying to um, figure out more so like, you know, where he should be in terms of like his creativeness and in terms of like, you know, where should he like be directing himself? I mean, at the end of the day, whatever you feel as though like, I mean, there's no set, you know, direction i mean there's no set recipe that you have to be couture you have to be street you have to be whatever um and i think that's a wonderful thing about the fashion industry is that sometimes you can actually like you know cross borders and you can like be couture with a little bit of street you can be this with the because at the end of the day you're expressing your artistic uh perspective you're you're addressing your uh your your feelings and what you're thinking and your creativity and there's no boundaries to creativity so he just needs to find it within himself as to what it is that he wants to do and how he can make an impact and how how he can you know put his best foot forward i think maybe that's sort of what he's um alluding to if i may yeah hmm? i yeah. think so guys are we on the same page Audi? anything should we move to the next caller <laughs> yeah i think so first uh Alexander, by the way austria is a beautiful place i spent a lot of time in vienna and uh, Graz, so i love i love austria uh one is that Austria is such an informed country and I could say that he has so much access to just fashion period from where he is and then he's a model I think he mentioned being a model so mm -hmm. I think with, with a modeling background this is where we used to see what others are doing mm -hmm. you know when mm -hmm. this runway <laughs> all we used to do is go through clothing and see how they were made mm -hmm. see what ins inspires you so you can really find yourself just by experiencing the, the form the textures the fabrics and just how you feel when you wear someone's product and then how you want to express yourself whether it's in the streets you're going to school or an event so you can really find yourself within where you are right now but just be observant watch and uh, experience uh, go with the vibe too so that's what i say Ooh, go with the flow like dead fish how about that <laughs> it's okay guys thank you let's roll over to the next call online My name is Constance Saul and I'm from Johannesburg, South Africa. I would love to hear your views as an evolving industry. How do fashion designers motivate and encourage the everyday women into buying the garments that they showcase on the runway? Thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Constance. Now, um, 
I don't know who wants to take that response because I have actually <laughs> had this conversation <laughs> before. But um, I think that the first thing I would like to say before I roll it onto the floor is fashion, um, it sometimes gets misconstrued and sometimes people from the outside don't understand it. So what happens is I have sometimes people who walk into my studio and say, Oh my God, you only made these clothes for skinny women. And I'm like, oh Lord, someone shoot me right now. <laughs> shoot me in the leg and the head too, please. <laughs> so I think for me, it's about also educating the consumer. And I think that also the consumer doesn't have to know everything about the back end. You don't have to know how many pieces of size eights I'm putting up based on my fashion week. How many yeah. samples are going to who? How many are rang- hanging on the rack? Who said if one or two is hanging on the rack, that's all I have? So I think it's a it's it's a hashtag mind your business a bit. But <laughs> on the flip, no, mind your business around. Don't worry about what is there's four size fours on the rack. If you want a size, come tell me. I'll tell you. I'll help you. You know, because yeah. they are in the back. Because we cannot hang the whole world on the racks. However, on the flip side. The information and the knowledge that I think we have to share is to for people like constant asking that question because I know what she's asking <laughs> is to share with them that information in depth that it's not was not designed for a size eight. It's just how it's displayed. So obviously what yeah. they're doing is that she's looked and she's seen the runways are full of these size eights. Mm-hmm. Then she's seen that the fashion pages are full of this size eights which is not the case anymore actually the, the things have evo- the, there's a big revolution around fashion and, and the models and who is actually look at if Lupita can make it on the cover page or Rihanna whoever it's not they're not models yeah. so I think for me it's about educating ourselves to understand that you know you don't no one is left out I don't think and unless a designer or brand actually says we only design one size I don't know which business they are in but you know I really don't know somebody please take it over before I continue <laughs> no, I think you're, you're right. I mean, I, I think fashion has also moved a lot away from that, you know, or continues to move away from that, where we're just using, like, uh, you know, these models or people that look like models on, on, on everything. Fashion has become, it's very democrat- democratic now. Every, even on the everybody runway. Everybody has access see, to the, to the yes, front Yes, everybody has access. So, Mm. That is that is actually being so actively addressed by fashion, in my opinion. So with her, uh, <laughs> so Edgy, her what question. what are you so what are you saying? Can someone answer Constance's question? Yes, Constance, yes. M- I, 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 was, I was trying to come to her. Okay, if you'd allow me. So one, I think uh, the most sensitive issue here is always size. And since Liz mentioned size, everyone went there because that's the most sensitive question. And yes, we've had the same questions. But then to answer your question is that. A brand has the responsibility of training, or rather of educating the consumers. A good example with that, we do actually have what we call a tribe, right? So not only are we designing clothes just to wear and look a certain way on the streets, but we actually design clothes that advocate and make you feel a certain way. Clothes with a purpose. Our clothing are usually very spiritual, very positive. We look into certain ways of life before we design our clothes. Our, our clothing. So most of the women around that wear our clothes really believe in the certain philosophies that we actually believe in as a brand, right? So the sustainability, ethical production, spirituality, meditation. So we do have this as principles within our tribe. We encourage women to wear these clothes and be part of who we are and 
continue to thrive and make this world a better place. As far as sizing, though, I'd like to touch on that. It's been traditional that sample sizes are made in smaller sizes. Mm-hmm. That's been a tradition Thank in you. fashion. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 and part of it is not because, let's say, a certain size of a woman is not considered, but sometimes it's been traditionally very easy to produce like eight pieces in a capsule collection and shoot them real quick, then produce the other sizes. And so this is where the small sizing has been. Uh, a big issue just forget about looks it's just the quantity and the speed of production and the fabrics and all that so it's easier it's faster if you have a small portion of fabric you can produce a few pieces in it shoot them and then produce your mass production so really it's 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 rather not about looks but sometimes it's just it's been traditionally about economics right so you can produce your orders and i i hope that makes sense to the caller but again we encourage and educate all our customers to buy depending on what and how they feel other than just looks within itself wow well said you're so you're so good Odi, you need to come back on here every week. You're very, very good. In fact, I've learned a lot. <laughs> listen, and and listen to our caller. It's not, I think for me, what I want to stay away from and what I would like us to stay away from or shift away from mentally is it's not a war about sizes because mm-hmm. if we want to go and take it outside, which we could, it's going to mean that the small girls will also get in, in war because there's a lot of, it's not, being small and being big is a is one of the most empty ridiculous conversations that i see have happening back and forth and it happens mainly in fashion and people are like but why is this why are the skinny girls and then they get called the b word and then the big girls don't even get called the b word because they're just throwing shade at the smaller girls and all and back and forth it's a waste of space energy and conversation because Mm -hmm. of the fact that everybody is created uniquely beautifully wonderfully uniquely in your own way Whatever you are, however you were brought into this world, be it and, and celebrate and be the best of it. What are we talking about? What does it matter? What size? So I think for me, Odera, you've really done a great job. I hope that Constance, yes. And then Constance, you, I have to tell you, stay away from that war, mama. It's not good, though. It's not a good war. <laughs> You're just going to find trouble. <laughs> <laughs> stay away, Uh huh. Liz. Liz? Yes, we're here. Before we take it outside, maybe... Don't you think maybe we're missing a point too? Could she be talking about, you know how like on the runway you have these brands can do like their showstoppers that are, you know, not not wearable stuff. Is she talking about wearable and non-wearable stuff, you know? Or is she's this, just talking, is she just talking size. about size? I think she's, she's talking size. about size. <laughs> she's talking about size because <laughs> I think maybe she's still sensitive about that. Yes, well, it I'm is a personal... Sure covering our bases. It's though. a personal sentiment. However, if you want to bring a new topic and say she's talking about it, you're welcome to the flow, no, open no, no, it up. No, I'm just trying to be... I'm just trying to make sure that we're covering... You do understand that the, uh, the, uh, the 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 subject of wearable and non-wearable does play a part when in fashion observation though but that's not what she was talking about Edgy. if you want let's make that your topic we'll talk no, about no, that no 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 i'm not i'm not saying i want i'm not i don't want to take it outside no i want <laughs> i want listen i'm just saying let's unpack that for you 
once as we go around we actually need to touch as well on some yeah. of our um insights as well um but you know what guys i think it's a it's a great conversation it's important but i feel like we have moved from there and not just us here yeah. at the lab it's genuinely when you the look at the media generally anybody does anything you can find adele on the cover of something it's not about size it's about personality these days so mm. let's get out get let's get our minds away from Let's get out of the thing, please, I beg. We're not even taking it outside. Let's just get out of that mentality <laughs> and stay focused. And like I said, one thing you guys can take away from this is, yes, it is you as a, your responsibility as a brand or as a designer to also educate your consumer true. so that they understand everything beyond. Otherwise, who's going to help? Who's going to unpack this to them? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. We are finished next, though. <laughs> Hey, 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 Fashion Lab. This is your girl Val from uh, Dakar checking in with you on this 2020. Uh, what I would like to hear on the show is finding out about designers, African designers that are doing something completely outside of the Ankara wax print uh, tip. As much as I love it, I feel like that is all I see now. Everybody's doing it, whether they're designers or somebody doing it as a hobby. Um, and there's just so much more than that that is getting covered or eclipsed by this this trend. And uh, yeah, can we unpack that a little bit? Find the new fabrics, the new trends that are also just as African, um, just as authentic, if not more so, given that we know where that fabric comes from, and that can get us to look at it a little bit more. Eh, uh-huh. someone should have said that too. Uh huh. That's coming is real. Guys, can you tell me why if I see one more Ankara dress, I will fall over my back and my head. And my head is probably going to be hard. And then I'll be dragged by the river. And then Edgy will find me there on Tuesday. So please, <laughs> I don't even want to go through that episode. Seriously. Ankara fabric is the she No, fabric. come on. I mean, come right on, people. Talking, no. I mean, right now we are talking to a panel. Even within our panel, you see a lot of African. I know, but listen. Our not. panel, we can, uh-uh, I beg. Don't make me unpack. I can start with Odie. Please don't make me show you the... Should we now tweet no, and insert the images? <laughs> no, but I'm saying that there's a lot going on in Africa that does not just involve Ankara, though. But, but Edgy, Edgy, for mm. us who are mm. sitting right here in the soil eh, of Mama Africa, it is very true that there's so much... It's like a, hey, Kitenge overload. I don't know what to say. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. And now what happens is it's actually harder to identify a brand's original or authentic style as aesthetic because what can if 10 shops or 10 brands back to back to back just have this prints and it's the same prints and we are going on and it's the prints where's the what's the story where's the where is that edge that sets apart where's the usp that sets about apart all these 10 brands but isn't it that all these 10 brands because they see that brand number one came out with this certain African fabric. Let's follow what they are saying. So they don't know themselves that... No, they know. You think? But are they in business? They were because even... I before before Rihanna, before Rihanna like, wore that stuff, were they even trying to make it? They were probably hiding away from it. Which, there there you go. Educating yourself. Because it's not just... kind. I mean, as a designer, I mean, from the you know production perspective that you know what why don't you actually think to yourself that okay being as though i'm sure that there's something else that i can trump that you know that certain brand that came out with a certain trend but instead they're just kind of like following another brand that's kind of like produced or came out with a certain edgy odie you tell me <laughs> talk to no, us but i was i was going to say like 
there are a lot of brands in Africa that in, that are Afri- like residents in Africa that are interplaying this 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 uh, this um, this fabrics very well. Like Tongoro Studio in Senegal, they are super super cool. And then there's Clan in Nigeria. There there are a lot of brands. It's just we have to look at them. We have to showcase them. We have to you know we have to energize them too. I think there's so much of like overload of this kitenge like 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 Liz was saying that sometimes designers just they'll have to fall in line but i think there are some african brands out there that are really really strong we just need to find them we need to encourage them energize them and and put bring them out to surface you know those brands are there can we say that can i just also say that i think from what val was saying is that the truth of the matter is and we've had this conversation we've unpacked a bit about um african Africa's history when it comes to textile and I think that what happened what has happened is it's not a bad thing come on I also use kitenge and I use kitenge because me I'm in business if I've shop in Amsterdam once only kitenge what do I do tell them I'm not in the mood I'm like listen how man how many bang here you go so it's also about uh, business demand uh, consumer demand and I think that it's crazy when everybody's gravitating towards that because then it feels like every shop you get into or every other shop is doing the same thing. But I think what Val was probably trying to highlight, or maybe if I'm wrong, correct me, but is the fact that there are so many other rich, amazing textiles we could play with from the okay. continent. Mm-hmm. It's not just Ankara or Kitenge. And when you think about it, um, you know, it's, I, I just find that maybe we haven't paid attention. You know, tie-dye for me is one of my 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 biggest um love affairs when it comes to fabric because of the simplicity of how you can make it it's something you can do as a community it's something you can do yourself it's something you can do you know it's it's and it's so rich and it's so different and it never looks the same depending on what you're using to tie dye so i'm just saying that there's so many different types of fabric that we have not paid attention to and what's happened is there's the one that everyone's gravitated towards, whereas the, the continent is full of amazing fabrics. It never stops. It never ends. Well, I mean, I think that's one understanding. Yeah, I think you, I think you may have a point on that. <laughs> Edgy, just give it up to me. I, <laughs> I, I think I could add a little bit. So, Liz and Edgy, I just shared with you the Capsule Christian Dior collection that uh, is yeah. a we right. saw that. Yeah, exactly. I just shared that with you. Um, I was I was at the I was at the boutique, and and it, it looks really amazing, right? And those are like Afrocentric fabrics, but it's just the touch. What I would add to the color is that, like, in our case, really, we it's it's a bohemian, eclectic, free-spirited brand. Most of our colors are very mute, but again, I think it's more of a trend. Thinking more color means Afro, and I think some people are going wrong with that. I think you could also see how to include Afro elements within your designs. You're not necessarily using typical fabrics, right? So someone wears, looks at the structure, mm-hmm. then you can identify these elements. And that's what, we, like in most of our designs, right? So if you look at them, they, they feel a certain way. If you carefully look at it, you'll identify these elements. But the fabric is not your typical fabric. You see that? So there should be, there could be other ways of um, spearheading this uh culture or style and we are very global in design but at the same time try to include certain elements of different cultures and we do have pieces that have Afro elements in them we just have to look at it then you identify it. it's not your typical look where you have to have 
But oh, in fact, to add on that, though, I've had interest on the, on the mud cloth lately, and hopefully we may have to get some of these indigo dyes and do something great with it, but still with that eclectic look to it. So, um, yeah, that's what I could say. Wow, I just want to say to our listeners, guys, if you start from even just the West and think about Aquete, you've got um, Ashoke, you've got um, uh, Leso, in East Africa, you've got Jalaba, you've got the Sahelian, in Afri- Sahelian Africa, you've got Dashiki, you've got the Senegalese Kaftan, which is also quite unique in its own, you've got Bubu's, you've got, there's so many different things about African textile and African fashion uh, when you look at the history of it. Like you're hearing, I love the fact that Odie's thinking about the, uh, the what do you call it, the mud cloth, which is also really cool. Um, really and again, cool. like I said, it's so many different um fabrics shwe shwe here in south africa i don't see it used much but still it's there's so many other things to 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 focus on i think for me one of my biggest thing i do and i love in my um collectives is is beading because beading is a really traditional african sort of um way of um uh, you know adorning clothing or whatever it is or adorning ourselves and it's something that comes a long way and whether you look at it through the zulu here or the maasai in kenya or whatever you it goes way way back mm-hmm. but it's it's unique and it's not one thing that will make people feel like they're seeing the same thing so i think for me what i would encourage brands honestly this is a new decade is just to how to diversify further and how to look at it um, in a bigger sort of scope of things like Adi, like Odi said you know it's not just about the colors it's not just about Kitenge, it's there's so many, so many, so much to do. Uh, Val, I hope we have answered yeah. your question. Um, should we roll over or take a music break? Roll over one more, let's roll over to the next okay. one more. And then, hi, Fashion Lab Radio. This is Kokito, otherwise known as Kokla Man. I'm a fashion stylist, professional chef, and all round creative entrepreneur. The topics that I think should be, um, delved into in 2020 on Fashion Lab Radio um, are how can fashion stylists or personal stylists make a lucrative business out of what they do. Um, Reason being that uh, many fashion stylists and personal stylists find themselves in situations where they are, should I say, exploited or or, or to, to, to a certain extent they are being um, used for their talents and they can't actually make any money out of what they actually do very well and another topic um, I would really really love to to, to hear on Fashion Lab Radio is how or how best um, can fashion weeks in South Africa be be changed? Is it is it? I've, because I feel like we are stuck to a certain extent um, as as fashion week. Fashion weeks are dying down, and they're not um, as as should I say popular or as exciting as they used to be back in the day so those are the two topics that I would really love um, for Fashion Lab Radio to to um, dissect yeah um, let's have a great 2020 wow thank you KK guys there you go KK thinks that fashion weeks are boring and they're dying and he also thinks that stylists are not respected enough in the industry here 
so I think for me, one thing I want to say for sure is when we had the stylist conversation um, with um, joined by Nicolette Bosch, um, UK-based stylist, and uh, also um, we were also joined by Latoya Johnston from Kenya. But when we had this conversation, we also looked and realized, you know, we have to also understand and accept that what happens in Rome doesn't happen in uh, Timbuktu. So what happens is the industries are very different. The market rates are quite different as well. And everything varies based on region. Um, and I don't know what else. So I think, uh, th you know, does anyone want to take this one over, please? <laughs> Panel. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, should I should should I take it? Maybe? Yes, please take it all. Firstly, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, let me just answer one quick question. Someone is asking where I'm at. I'm actually in New York City. And uh, Brand is based out of California, but I'm in New York City right now, so maybe I think that wasn't clear. So I'm not so far from AG. We probably will You're probably link down up the, the next bar. Coffee, <laughs> <laughs> We're jealous. <laughs> I'm in New York City. Yes. Okay. So about. <laughs> so just just to answer your question, actually, I really agree with you. But if you're asking which, how can we move forward? One is as a fashion stylist get close to some of your designers around you right so as you're trying to get clients you should be always ready with wardrobes that you can use with your clients but get closer to designers like Liz is probably close to you in, in Cape Town I think in Cape Town so no I'm, I'm based in Joburg oh you're based in Joburg mm. okay cool, I know cool. it looks like okay. I'm a Cape Townian I know but right but you yeah, know. <laughs> no because you did mention Cape Town actually so I thought you're there right now so it, oh but your you, your boutique is in Cape Town in, no, in Joburg yeah I'm just seriously yes. Joburg bound oh great great yeah so I think working with designers closely and then having to get your clients and introducing them to new pieces but again it's a it's it's a gradual thing depending on where you are right so fashion and styling is appreciated different like Liz was trying to mention the treatment might be different but you you can create value of yourself and then gains through that way. And secondly, though, about fashion weeks, it's all about funding, right? We had an amazing fashion week in Miami, which was uh, well-funded by Mercedes, right? This guy came from Germany and funded it very well. But it just fizzled out. When Mercedes pulled out, fashion week, Miami fashion week became something else. So it's more about funding. It's more about branding, interest, and how to make it great uh, and then you know you have to make money out of it it's very expensive to show at a fashion at a fashion show and then what you get from it will be the reward that will let you go next time so some designers are becoming really shy with that and then you know also with social media instagram people had bigger platforms some actually would introduce the, the new collections live pretty much on their social media pages so there's so much that goes into fashion weeks and the funding and all the dynamics. And I think that's what's really become a problem now for most designers. Maybe somebody else can add into that, but that's kind of my intake on that. I think he's just saying he's bored. But thank you for that feedback, um, um, Odi. Yeah, yeah, he is friends, so I kind of know what he's saying a little bit. <laughs> But it's I just stop making jokes. <laughs> we are serious in the lab today. All I'm saying is we have no, had. I know, I know, but we've we've, we've had these conversations on the show, Edu. You know, and um, uh, we've also spoken about my sentiments were like, like, yeah, I'm dying. But 
I, I, because of the fact that there's so many other ways to to show, and I think that maybe maybe what it was is, or maybe what he's feeling is, he's tired of sitting in a place and watching models walk up and down, strut the runway, finish, and then the show's over, and then that's. So, think so I think he's just yeah. So I think he's saying, can we not just like step up? Um, and yeah, and I'm not going to say much more on that one because I'm going to uh, send him. Uh, I wanted to say something on the styling, and just to add to what Odi was saying, I think. He is he's in South Africa. He's he's surrounded by some amazing designers. He has to make an effort to have, uh, you know, like a Rolodex of designers that he can reach out to really quickly and then just uh, make himself known as a stylist. It helps. You can't succeed in that space without relationships with designers because it would be so expensive for you to do it otherwise. You know, KK, and you had it all. It means you can't just call me for wine, KK. You need to start calling for fashion and go and work. <laughs> go exactly. and show them your muscles. Uh-huh. It's true, and that's the same exactly. thing. Exactly. And on the on the fashion week and at fashion week side of it, I think it's just a general trend. Fashion weeks are on a on a, a downward trajectory globally, but not, that's not because they are dying. I think it's because they are, they are evolving into something different. Something that is more fitted for our new oh. environment. Well, they're, you know, so. they're, they're, they're. I love your words. You guys are so pretty with your words. What I was gonna say is they are, you're acting like they're moving away because of us. No, it's they're dying, so they have to revive themselves in a different way. That's the truth. Because they're, it's, it's tiring and it's really tiring. And sometimes even just the thought of it is like, oh gosh, can someone please shoot me? But anyway, it's not their fault. It's also a part of the consumer's <laughs> fault because the consumer is evolving. The digital world has taken over. There's so many things. Our concentration span has become so bad. They can't. People can't just sit in the. You have you watched? Have you watched Fashion Weeks? Well, I don't know how it happens. It happened in Miami, um, Odi. But here, people are on their phones. So I'm like, why are you even on the front row on your phone? Can you leave it for the person behind you who's really <laughs> trying to experience this show? So it's That's it's a yeah. So it's a really it's a two thing. It's the Fashion Weeks have to do something else. Otherwise, people will leave like us mm. then the second thing is obviously the consumer has to be engaged in a fresh authentic refreshing different way otherwise Same. they're not going to stay like they creative they ways won't. of doing a show instead of just but having models do go that? up and down Liz, but how do you do that now Incorporate in an era where in, in this space that we live in now with like multiple focal points right you're in one show but god you're live streaming another show and like it's just so many things that are how do you even distill how, when you attention? say how do you do it are you talking as a as a fashion week how do you do it or as a fashion brand how do you just take off and do your own thing no when you say we have to capture the, the the consumer's attention in a different kind of way i'm just wondering how we could do it that means now. that the things for people who ha who have like a very small like so people like me who get bored in two seconds for people like me you have to constantly keep you know if you started like some little ballet dance keep twisting and keep twirling and keep keep my head like make me dizzy show. so i can stay looking at you just like rihanna's <laughs> fenty show rihanna's fenty show was really really amazing i didn't see that but i'm just but saying she had what the thing is that obviously the main focal point was the fashion or was the lingerie but then the thing is that she was she went she uh, took it a step above and like she went creative with it had performances and uh, with the actual models themselves so they weren't just walking down the runway they were actually like you know 
uh, in some sort of diverse, uh, like artistic way, performing really, and it really engaged like people. And with that, um, being as though we're in a digital age, like the show was literally, oh well, recorded and posted on uh, Amazon for people to like download and things. But it's something like that. It's really interesting and it's really engaging. And it's like, yo so and so was performing or literally for the fa- for the mere fact that the models were performing instead of just walking down the runway that in itself is something different well the performances africa by the way don't do that one that they just did was that was that nigeria was, was that lagos fashion week or which one was that the edgy the one i said i didn't like where everyone's dancing and now everybody's tweeting it and everyone's got it on instagram and now everyone on their runway want to have this mama's dancing please africans <laughs> the problem is when you learn something or you see one thing every designer has now decided that's the one they want. You have to be eclectic, guys, and you and can't different. all do the same thing. We can't. We are not going to survive. We need to look at the <laughs> show. It was actually quite cool. But you know, well you know, raising the point of Fenty, right? Yes. That's like a little bit. You know, I mean, people are not going to struggle paying attention to lingerie. I mean, it's lingerie. <laughs> okay. Do. Yes, Edgy. Yes, but it's lingerie. For but the, um, for the concept, though. For all the things, you know, it's going to be. We've got to look. At different ways of really keeping the customer engaged. I think Liz has a point. Like, how do we keep the cost the consumer really engaged? You I mean, may, we need to not just keep them engaged. Make them dizzy so they can just. Mm. But wouldn't you be able to do the same thing when if somebody's uh, like a, a couture show or something, like wearing elaborate dresses and have, as you said, ballerinas swinging from a vine? Or please something. stop telling them. Then they'll all do that, <laughs> guys. Africa, if you're listening, please don't do the same thing. No, but just that's be, what's boring. But you need to be creative about it. Because once Juma does it from Tanzania, you can't now all do it. That's it's been done. It's out on the virals. It's, it's it, now you have to look for a different way. Bring the chicken in. Bring the cows. I don't know. Do something. Well, then they there you go. Then designers, as a design, you need to be creative. <laughs> if so, if Lizzo Kumbo, if Lizzo Kumbo brings gooses to like walk the runway, don't bring geese to walk the I'm runway. Do something different. Fashion week survive. Me, I'm, I'm trying really to help. Happy. Me, I'm trying to help someone out there because I know already. Like you know, we we're trying to stay ahead of the curve, or we're trying to do things. I, I mean, obviously, like I said, I even get bored of my own thing. So I'm like, if I'm getting bored of my own concept. Before we've even released it, <laughs> how are you feeling about doing what Juma did in Tanzania, Kukunle uh, did in Nigeria, Otieno did in Kenya, and then how are you feeling about it, guys? Come on, be creative. Now we want to move on to the next caller because this is really important. This is Dan Thompson from Tracking, <laughs> fashion photographer from New York City. I was looking and hoping to see from Fashion Lab about fashion photography and some of the um, old time photographers from way back in the day in the 60s, in the 50s, who brought fashion to Africa and people copied them from all around the world. Designers, new designers and the new color trends that are happening that I would like to see happening in Africa. Old magazines from around Africa that has a lot of fashion in it that help spread the word fashion this period. Somebody please answer that one. I think Edgy Nosizo Odi, somebody start. <laughs> you know, you know Don's heavy. Don is very heavy and is very intentional. Okay. Fashion photography is always something yeah, uh, I wanted to deal with. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Okay, AG. Oh, by the way, I know I didn't mention this, but I'm actually a fashion photographer, so I shoot. So I probably I can speak on this. <laughs> what? You get out no, of here. Head. Shut the front door. Go what ahead. else do you do yes, and not do? <laughs> Go yes. ahead. Please, I'm right behind you. So I guess they call them polymaths, actually. I'm right behind you. Oh, wow. So, yes, I'm a fashion photographer and I shoot mostly vintage fashion photography, most of our lookbooks, actually. I shoot those. It's taken me quite a few years, but I, I shoot mostly... Uh, vintage fashion photography i'm a sony alpha shooter and also a fuji shooter so um some of us like me i'm really basing most of my photography on the vintage photography what uh, the caller just mentioned um there's so much value in this but just to let you know what has reduced vintage uh, photography is the advent of cell phones automatic uh, cameras and so most anyone with a camera calls themselves a photographer uh, most people have forgotten the elements of photography. It's actually learning the physics behind photography, as in the light, the shadows, and photo composition. So there's a few that are still leaning to these traditional ways of photography, like most Leica shooters are still doing this. So I am one of those that still uh, stuck to those means of photography. So uh, you're talking to a vintage manual photographer. I shoot very little automatic photography, and I really learned the elements of composition. So there are few, but it's just harder. It's difficult. Wow, I'm so learn and know your life. I'm so excited that you've got we've got exactly what Don was looking for in the room, you know. And I think for me, what I also find interesting is I don't know if it's Don or somebody else who was actually um, talking about the fact that photography. Uh, and what they think is authentic about it is sort of fading away or has faded away. I don't know how you feel about that, Odi, but this is something that Don really shares a real sentiment about. And he gets very passionate and he goes really in deep. Uh, he thinks that these days anyone can be a photographer and that's what's happening. Whereas he feels like the this certain elements of photography that he feels he has taken from way back yes and, and are yes. so... Are so I don't know if it's strong. I don't know if it maybe makes. I don't know. I don't know if I would look better in the picture. That yeah, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but you guys obviously know. But I think uh, photography is a topic we tackled um, last year, just towards the end of last year, and I think we'll do it again just to be able to open it up in a really big way. And Odi, now that we know you're in photography, you can also join in again on that day if you're available. But yeah, uh, Don, I hope most, most definitely. Yes, Don, I hope that you're feeling good, and I think. Um, I would like to, in the for those of you who've contributed, first of all, I want to say it's really been intense. It's been a lot of calls. We couldn't take them all because we've just been like so happily overwhelmed. <laughs> and uh, we thank you for that. And you can continue or extend that onto the social media. But on the real, we have really had a great time. It's also nice that we've seen a couple of topics come back round and round through different colors. I mean, like sustainability was such a big thing. We're going to talk on that. But I want, but before we move on to us different for the next segment, I would like us to at least each of us also just open up on a topic that we feel is something really close to us and also really close when it comes to the development of the fashion industry at large. And I think maybe what we could do is maybe we could start with um, our guest in studio, Nosizo. Hi. Hi. <laughs> talk to us. Um, What's in your mind or what do you want to hear from us this year? Okay, well, so this was actually a question I had posed uh, thinking that I wasn't going to be here, but I'm here. Um, that uh, in terms of fashion and creativity, um, where do we draw it? Because, you know, when uh, people uh, keep on talking about like, you know, um, when they when they say that something that is like 
not necessarily well more so artistic than fashionable but it's considered fashion so then so where do we draw the line with that like if something let's say for instance a beautiful piece that was hand woven out of uh, grass straw grass let's just say um, it's beautifully constructed but it's not necessarily functionable and it's not necessarily would be wearable to the everyday consumer but then it's considered fashion because somebody was wearing it on a platform so would that necessarily be now going into fashion I'm sorry artistic like you know you know art or find out whatever it may be as opposed to it being like you know fashion I would like to say, first of all, just quickly, the relationship between art and fashion is definitely nothing new. And yeah. we know that it's like the yin and the yang. Yeah. And the two not only sort of revolve around the same creative sphere, but they're also deeply rooted when it comes to self-expression. Yeah. When you walked into my showroom, didn't you feel like didn't you feel like you were probably in an art gallery, but then they're actually actual first pieces? First of all, I just thought that I was the, in a, an amazing closet. So for, <laughs> yeah, so for me, what I'm trying to say is I think the trend has definitely been sort of mashed up in a rich sort of give take relationship for mm-hmm. centuries uh, we've stretched it beyond boundaries beyond cultures just to make sure that we bring those global uh, global influences you know into everyone's wardrobe mm-hmm. so um, I would like maybe edgy uh, before maybe before that I'll just touch on this different when you look and be, just let's go memory la- down memory lane a bit when we explore like four different collaborations I think that were really key and I'm not going to open them up but we'll probably post or you know post some of the pictures so you guys can actually see what we're talking about but I just want to these collaborations really highlight fashion and the connection or the collaboration between art and fashion uh, and how that has both borrowed from parallel movements in the last century so what I want to want to speak about and I know we've spoken about this one again but 1937 Elsa Schiaparelli again her collaboration with Salvador Dali Mm-hmm. That was a really um, beautiful collaboration. And that was prior to the Second World War. You see, Elsa was also obviously one of the most prominent figures when it comes to fashion. Then she partners with Salvador Dali. Then they create this amazing lobster dress. I don't know if any of you know of the lobster dress or you've heard of it. But this is a sort of ivory silk piece. Uh, it showcased a massive lobster, which was sort of painted by Dali himself. And then it paid tribute to his 1934 painting, New York Dream Man Finds Lobster in Place of Fawn. Uh, we are going to share some of these, these guys so that you don't feel confused. I'm going to give you another really big example. In 1950, the rise of pop art mm-hmm, was a big mm-hmm. thing. So after the World War II, again, um, you've got like this new vivid art form bursting out into the scenes. Uh, I would say it was probably considered disruptive at the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the whole thing for um, disrupting that market where people are used to the classical art and then suddenly you've moved into like a whole different uh, vivid art form. And you think about Campbell soup, for those who know, the soup cans, mm-hmm. that was a part of that revolution. And then obviously just figureheads of popular culture. So Andy Warhol is the artist, obviously he challenged that culture, brought in this really different way of um, uh, mashing up this conversation and suddenly uh, you know art did not you know art stopped being so snob and so hard and so hardcore and mm-hmm. instead of it being solely uh, sort of to attract the lit it became yeah it became trendy designs was you know popular retailers having all of this everyone making punchy vib- vibrant pieces and it was no longer that up 
uppity thing. Mm-hmm. And you'll also see that um, Warhol's impact on the fashion industry definitely. Uh, you've got Gianni Versace who also played in that. You've got Christian Dior who also continued incorporating some of his prints into their garments. Mm-hmm. And even recently, Moschino also, I think they've also corpor- incorporated some of that pop art. Uh, they released a collection inspired by commercial titans like McDonald's. And I think that that's, again, I shows that I whole... Know, know. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of different um, collaborations. And I think that for me, what I say, uh, I've got my new project called Phoenix Rising Mm -hmm. and I'm doing this all year long, everywhere I can. But the one thing you'll see when you walked into the show and found those biodegradable plastic gowns and stuff, that Mm -hmm. was a part of the collective. And my whole thing is I want to purely do this on a sustainable level, but I want to make sure that when I walk in, people see art, not fashion first. Mm -hmm. But that's just fashion and art and they're actually wearable pieces. So... Mm. I think it's a big movement and I think it's refreshing when we're laughing just now about how we're going but to evolve fashion weeks sorry. and how we're going to evolve and how we're going to make the consumer want to come back to sit down and see what we're doing or listen to our stories. We also have mm-hmm. to be really disruptive and play differently. Okay. I get your point because I was saying that you see how you're saying that some of your go- uh, garments are biodegradable and sustain- uh, like you know consciousness to the environment and everything of that nature. But then now let's say for instance Lady Gaga's meat dress, for an example, for lack of a better example. But, but was that? Did you find that? Did you consider that art? It was. It was expressive. It was expression. It was expression. Ed, Ed, let's hear what Edgy and Odie have to yes, say. Yes, please. You're I'd very, like to get the perspective as well, like what they think. Well, I mean, for my part, I think fashion and art—it's so hard to separate the two because art, a fashion at the at the end of it is a, is, is art, you know. I mean, that's when you go to fashion school. When you go to fashion school, you're in art school, you know? So um, for me, like artists, like uh, people like Andy Warhol and Basque, they had such a huge influence on fashion, you know? So it's very hard for me to separate fashion from art. I just feel like we are artists. We just use this medium so, AG, to express our art. Sorry, if I may just ask one quick question. Do you think that that Mm. meat dress that lady got, do you think that that's more (laughs) art or fashion? (laughs) Because she wore it. I think it is. Well, I I think you have to look at it in perspective. You have to look at it from a certain lens. If you're looking at it from an artistic lens, then it is art. And if you're looking at it from a solitary fashion lens, then it is fashion. You know? But But it's wearable. Okay. Okay. No, we, we let's say that the wearability of it is that somebody getting into it makes it crosses it over from being art to passion, or that's the happy place in a sense. That's the medium. That's the the medium the the, the meeting point. That where could not be the that could be called the it. meeting point between your body and the meat. <laughs> but, but that is not. There is no art in that expression. But, but see but, though, but <laughs> see though, Liz, when you when you look at it from that point, then you. Take, you're saying that that person who did that dress didn't have an artistic Listen, there was so you know? much meat in it, I forgot to see the artistic <laughs> expression, but that's just my two cents. Let's roll over to it. Odi, do you have anything to say on this so we can roll over because we are actually running out of time now? <laughs> okay, probably just a few words. Personally, I believe that fashion is an art and anything and everything that is sustainable is my converse. Okay. So, within fashion itself, it's art being exposed. So, so long as you're leaning towards an environmental friendly materials, and you are creating, 
which is the act of it, which is an art. Therefore, you can style it. You know that old saying where fashion is what you buy and style is what you do with it, mm. right? Mm. Boy, it's preach! A, <laughs> hey, it's a preaching thing going much. on right here in the studio, boy. I'm tired now. Now I am tired. <laughs> Baba, very you can profound. Take it over then, but I, can I tell you? No, I am. It. I'm tired in a positive way. I really appreciate that, and I yeah, love that, and I think you. that that is a punch. That's gonna be the punchline. We're not even gonna do Fashion Laptop Three today. <laughs> That's the punchline for Fashion Laptop Three for those who are waiting on that. Wow, Odi, thank you thank so much you so for much, that. Um, Thanks. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good. Odie, is there anything you want to add on or should we roll over to Edgy? I would like us to just have a minute or, or less to just sort of uh, anything that you think we should bring in or if you're not, if you don't really want to add on anything, yes. we can roll over to the next Quickly, we, 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 we've touched on it. It's, it's, it's ethical production, sustainability, and last but not least, giving back. Being able to appreciate where you produce, who you make with, and giving back to these societies. In our case, we manufacture internally. We mostly work with uh, uh, local or indigenous artisans and wherever we work, whether it's in Bali or it's in India or it's in Tulum, Mexico. Give back, give back, give back and respect the cultures that you're working with. Boom! <laughs> That's the fashion lab top three, actually. <laughs> you just did it. That's the fashion lab top three. Thank you, um, Odi. Um, AG, I'm coming to you before we roll over to our, favorite, or to our real other segment that I'm waiting on because I'm thirsty now. <clears throat> for me i was just going to touch on what Odi had said which is the giving back part of it i feel like fashion is not doing enough in if we're trying to grow sustainability then we've got to respect our sources and kind of in a sense uh, honor them by helping them giving back i think it's a very important thing for fashion to do Wow, thank you so much. And thank you for those who have been plugging in. All of your thoughts, all of your sentiments that you've been sharing on the show have been really well appreciated and well received. And like I said, we don't have the answer to everything. But the one thing we do is we have a platform here every Tuesday night. And we've got two hours to just unpack on whatever it is that we need to unpack on. So we have time. And we have the resources. Hey. Uh -huh. So finish now. <laughs> now I would like us to just roll over seriously quickly because I'm thirsty. Let's roll over to... Um, it's time for your wine style guide. Brought to you by Liz Ogunga Wines. Mm. Should I say... Guys, are you impressed with that? I mean, can someone clap or like say halilili? Do a noise. Make an African noise or something. Thank you. <laughs> it's time for the wine style guide. And we're coming straight to you. We're starting with you, Nosy. Okay. Nosy, it's not a, it's not a story. It is basically a wine, okay. wine style guide. So this is the segment where you share with us, you know, your wine style guide. So kind of like a maybe wine etiquette, wine do's or don'ts or like, you know, but just one thing. It can't be five. Just one. Okay. Um, what would you advise uh, for people who are into wine and stuff? Well, this is something I learned. It could I be learned. wine etiquette. It could be, yeah. Uh, this come. is something I learned. Mm -hmm. that The hard way or the... The hard way. <laughs> okay. Come. <laughs> <laughs> you do not mix your wines like you do not mix your reds and your whites if you stick, go with your reds stick with your reds if you're going to go with your whites stick with your whites because I, I got something a really bad, bad over afterwards <laughs> in motion sickness but are you more of red or white I'm more of a red girl okay me too yes. power to red yes yes honey <laughs> uh -huh. edgy we are coming to you actually let's go to Odi before you confuse him uh, Odi, what's your wine <laughs> style guide? Edgy is a bit on a different level normally, so I'd rather just save if save the best, save him for last. <laughs> Odi, what's your wine style guide okay, today? Guys. Actually, I have a joke for you. Honestly, I don't drink. 
Mm-hmm. I've never drunk in my life. Wow. And uh, I know that's a bummer. But I know something, though. Mm-hmm. No red wine in white. Don't wear white and drink red wine. Ah, uh, very good. I like it. Very uh, good, Baba. You are using, you know, I like it when people are innovative and creative and I'm praying that this is going to be that year for all of that creativity. Let it burst out because that's what we want. Baba, Edgy is your own son. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm still in wine school, as you know. It's okay. We love you for that. <laughs> this week, I'm learning about the ideal temperatures for serving wine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Red wine and white wine. <laughs> so you have to serve red wine at certain temperatures and white wine at certain temperatures. Red wines are a little bit at higher temperatures and white wines are a little bit more tolerable at lower temperatures. <laughs> so like I said, I'm still learning. Eji, you're taking me for wine I tasting when it. I come back. I love it. When we I are all proud of you. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my, my, my. We are so proud of you. Um, Thank you. I, yes, I think for me today, my wine um, style guide is a lot of people say, oh, um, this is red wine and this is a way to drink it. So you can only drink it with dark or you can only drink this one. And I'm like, listen, my wine etiquette, uh, my wine style guide for today is don't let anyone try to tell you what you can do. Because I drink my red wine with fish. I even drink Hallelujah. it with, with chapati. Pasta. I drink it with... Boy, I tell you, I just drink it with anything. Sandwich, I don't even care. <laughs> and sometimes I drink it on its own. And trust me, I am a wine enthusiast. So please, don't let anyone try to rob you of what's on your palate. Because it's your palate, not mine, not theirs. Yeah. If you like your white wine mm. with heavy red lamb, go for it, honey. Yes. Don't let anyone tell you, girl, because it's, it. it's 20 plenty. Because it's 20 plenty, honey. <laughs> and no one going to tell. We ain't, no, you ain't going to allow anyone to tell you that. So I think it's just about being free when it comes to the experiences of wine. Because what happens is with wine, there's a tendency to become too snob. And there's a way that I would like to help you guys sort of separate what is, what. there's some real things about wine, seriously. And then there's like, don't drink your red wine with your fish. Are you kidding me, guys? We're running out of time here. Can we just move to the who would you want to dress today? And why? Because that's where we are. <laughs> who would you want to dress? <laughs> uh-huh. Now we are going back. I think we're going to reverse the order. Please do. Please. <laughs> Today, I think we're going to start with you, Odie. Who would you want to dress and why? It's basically just anyone given the opportunity. If you were given an opportunity to dress them and why you'd want to dress them, good or bad reason, we are happy. We accept all. Yeah, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a free spirit. She's a gypsy, fits the brand, fits her lifestyle. So Zoe Kravitz is a girl. Hmm. There you go. That was quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nosy, we are coming to you. No, no, no. Go to no. Edgy first. Okay. Edgy is going to confuse you. Come. Edgy. Okay, Edgy, I'm coming to you. But listen, not you're not dressing any of us in the room here. None of us. Not none of you. No, not even yourself. Please, come. I'm so ready for you today. Come, show because me. Today, t- today, I'm going to dress a friend of mine who is like a UN ambassador for kids. He does some incredible things. He's, he's from Sudan. His name is Gay Dwey. And I want to dress him in, in, in our skinny, tall skinnies that just came out. He is 6'4", I think. And our, our tall skinnies just arrived. So that's the guy I want to dress. For all the work he does for, for humanity. Very nice. Hmm. That's very sentimental. Yes. Uh, Nosy, who would you want to dress and why? I would dress Iman. Woo! 
Oh, look at you. That's In what I dressed mind. last week. Well, not last week, but last. But yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And why? <laughs> why? She is just so majestic. And I think that you can literally like play around with almost anything. And she would wear it with such like, it, it would be just like a, she's an art piece. She really is gorgeous mm, and I she's agree. really transcended through time mm. elegantly, mm. so beautifully. Mm. I would definitely dress Iman hands down. Today I want to dress uh, Alekwek. Ah. And I want to dress Alekwek because mm. a lot of times I see her, I don't like what sh- how what she dresses her. and what they throw on her. <laughs> so I would really want to just say Alec, viens avec ta soeur ici hein? Let's go back Let me take you back to my little spot And then let me just dress you up The way I feel like Because I feel like there's so many things Alec is very unique as a woman mm. uh, She's got a very uh, dark Almost navy blue complexion Which is true, like she's mm. really dark And she's got very interesting features as well I find massively with love That she um, just does not get dressed <laughs> properly so guys i want to address alequek that's who and uh i think for those of you who are tuned in um we're really right we're really coming to the end of our show um it's really been nice to have these conversations here um you know where to find us we are on fashionlabafrica.com uh if you want to be able to reach us via email you can email us at into info at fashionlabafrica.com and then obviously we've got the socials. Um, any parting shots, guys, because um, uh, we are parting. But we are really, really grateful um, for having this conversation and having you guys be a part of how we want to run our year this year. Uh, Audi, how can our, connectors li- uh, con- our listeners connect with you? Oh, cool. So uh, first you could, uh, on Instagram, you could follow the brand Island Tribe. It's the word island with tribe together with an underscore at the end and oh you could follow me at Odi underscore odero and uh, pretty much that's it really just uh, send me a dm and uh, we could pretty much talk some guys already sent me some dm so that's good thank you and uh, i'll just get back to you it's been a pleasure uh, it's been a long time planning this i'm super super happy could have done it any other way love and light and uh, good vibes always Thank you. And guys, don't call him on for personal reasons, only business, okay? <laughs> Nosy, how can our listeners connect with you? Well, they can connect with me on Instagram. It's at I am Nosizo. I think there's an I underscore uh, after I am. Um, and on Twitter, same thing, same name. And then on Facebook, Nosizo Matlang. And yeah. Um, guys, you know where to find us. It is has been a be- beautiful show. Thank you, Nosi. Na- thank you, you Odi. And thank you, Edgy. Why are all your names ending with I? Gosh. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining in. Edgy, thank you for your contribution. And uh, it is peace and love until next week. Muito beijo. Thank you, guys. Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion.